All right, thank us for the ESBC Sports Betting Podcast, NFL Betting, College Football Betting Podcast. And we merged it into the Horse Racing True Crime as we transition into uh, the college and the NFL seasons. I have already previewed the Sunbelt Conference. You have no business on a Wednesday night with no other games on, placing a bet on the, on the, on the Sunbelt Conference if you haven't done your research, which is the second rule of sports betting. So we're doing our research, right? The last week of June, we did our research. And we got that podcast out there. And man, as you do the research, memories come up, different angles. Literally pick three or four games on that podcast. They have my notes to research and bet later to make money. Because this podcast is a business meeting with a purpose and an outcome. The purpose is to make money, to avoid inflation, to avoid recession. And you say, well, who the hell are you? Why should I listen to you about inflation and recession? Well, I have clients that worth $50 million and above, $20 million and above for decades. And they keep coming back. They don't go to anyone else. And I have an MBA securities license and I've consistently given them what they want. Some of them want tax mitigation. They don't want to pay taxes to the government. They want to pay as little as possible. Some want to pay taxes to the government. And they want me to make X income or they want me to do the X, Y, and Z, right? So I can't charge people for sports betting advice. So I give it away for free and I get a lot back because it's a business decision. When you give one, you always get 10 back. Many different ways. In fact, yesterday, 4th of July, I talked to my grandfather in Cuba. He was on the firing spot. They were about to kill him. They said, no, no, we can't kill this guy. He gave us free food when we needed it. So he gave away free food from his little uh, farm and general store. And when the firing squad came to kill him, the, the communists don't believe in selling. They said, no, 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 we can't do it because of the free food to give away. So it's a business decision. The same way we give away uh, betting insight and sports betting insight, you don't get anywhere else. We're completely transparent about every single number. And we use decision science. My mom was a brilliant businesswoman. And I asked her mom, I got this important decision to make. Can you help me out? She's like, no, I'm not gonna help you. We have a restaurant, we have a cleaning company. You figure it out yourself. And if you can't figure it out, pray. Oh my God, <laughs> how am I gonna figure it? So I, I learned self-taught decision science, which is used by the top 50 companies in the United States of America. The richest country in the world, $139 trillion economy. So we, we use business and financial concepts to get the outcome, which to be considered a sharp and uproot your family and move to Las Vegas. Sports bet, you have to be at 59% consistent. So for the last three years, NFL, first year, 64%, 65%. Second year, 64%. But starting in that second year, it was 16 out of 17 weeks 
profits. They had one losing week that week. Uh, maybe one. I, I, it could have been one. Let's call it one. Last year, at 18 weeks, we had 18 straight winning weeks, making profit. Because remember, revenue is BS, right? Uh, what's important is profit and free cash flow. Those are the only really two statistics that are important. And then something has to be repeatable and scalable. So we talk about here information to make you money that's repeatable, scalable. And teaching is the main word because we have a college class that listens to us. It has to listen to us because of their syllabus by the professor. And a high school class. Organically, we don't have any backing. So organically, a college and a high school class are listening to learn decision science and to get unfiltered, real talk. Money, you can you can take the information when we give you place to bet, make money. You can use the information long term. One of the biggest concepts in business, two of them, we put two together, right? Because we've got to go fast. Who knows? If we'll be around tomorrow. So we give you everything we got right away. So you make money this today, tomorrow to, to pay your bills. So two things melded in together. Diversity, companies that are diverse make 45% more what? Free cash flow. Diversity. Doesn't mean race, does not mean gender, does not mean disability. What means is having an open mind and listening to different voices. If you have uh, two teams of 11 people. One has 11 white guy engineers. The other team has 10 white guy engineers, all from Ivy League schools. But the second team has a lesbian, a black lesbian from Berkeley, right? Team number with a black lesbian from Berkeley who does uh, marketing, that team kicks the other teams ass every time because of that diversity, a different mindset, right? Different part of the country. She's from Berkeley. She's not from MIT up there in Boston, right? Massachusetts area. So to that end, we have Scott Tobe from New England who gives us that diversity as we talk about NFL corruption. As it relates to sports betting and our keeping our percentages and getting to that, because I think we can uh, just be more organized, because none of us have time for this, but being more organized. I believe by me being more organized, I'll own it myself, by myself being more organized, we can get to 70%. Remember, 59% is you can make a living at it professionally in Las Vegas. 52.5% is breaking. So, Scott, what are your first thoughts as we get into uh, Daniel Snyder, Cronky, and we'll finish with uh, how Kraft and Deshaun Watson are related? So, it's good to be here. You know, a week seems like it's about a month in between these shows. So, um, <laughs> it, do, it does. It, it's like, wow, it's been a long week. Um, this stuff will help any better um, because of the tendencies of the owners. It's the owner's money, 
Right. You think it's just GM's money? It's not the GM's money. The owner is the one that's approving all these deals, i.e. Deshaun Watson, i.e. Tom Brady, i.e. whoever it may be. So if you see an owner that's cheap, they're going to cheap out. And now with all these, these troubles coming up for Dan Snyder, Stan Kroenke, um, in terms of revenue and financial well-being, it's going to cause us to look at those teams a little bit harder because we're going to look at the revenue stream that they have that they're giving out. Plus, not only is it the teams on the field, it's also the practice squads. It's also the, the coaching staffs. It's also how much they pay these players. So um, this is very informative to any better. Um, this is very informative to any person that's thinking of getting of starting to bet a little bit more. Um, and it's informative to me, as I said last week, this, this last year was, was my best year um, in terms of betting, picking games, both NBA and NFL. So it helps out a lot. No, big time. And uh, for a lot of people that listen to the podcast and one week, this, this year we go 80%. And you'll say, oh, how did those guys go 80% that way? Picking all the games, telling me what the game is, telling us everything, not charging me for anything, right? Yep. What the hell is going on? Well, we don't have to charge you for anything because Scott and I live in certain states that if you make more money, go into a different tax bracket, you pay more taxes. Yep. So you make X amount of money. Yep. So it's only so far. Sports <laughs> money you can make because there you're there's a incentive you're the the incentivized at a certain point yeah right? and don't forget we were we hit our stride in the nfl playoffs we we, were, we hit on it big so i mean big 76 percent yeah 76%, to that end, nfl playoff learning off the regular season and message one of us and tell us if you could find somebody that did a better job than that Right. I'd like, and telling like you the why, because we don't just give you the picks. We tell you what exactly what we're thinking, because there's people smarter than us in the audience, right? You're talking about giving us people smarter than us in the audience who send us information yeah. to monetize, because it's all about monetizing, beating inflation, right? Being happy, not letting people shooting up Fourth of July parades get to us. <laughs> or the hundred Patriot guys that showed up at the parade over there in New England. Not the New England Patriots, uh, the Patriots militia group. Yep. So people are going to have to say the Patriots football team, the Patriots militia group up there in Boston. Every state has them. You know, now they're madder than usual for whatever reason. But you have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to be around them. See them, just get in your car and go home. <laughs> or go someplace where the militia group isn't having a party. But you got to know. You got to know what NFL grown-ups are in militia groups to fund them. and won't fund backups. They, oh, they're 6-0. Next week, we're betting against them because we know, hey, you know, seventh game of the season is where guys start getting tired, guys start getting hurt, and you need backups to take more snaps. And, oh, guess what? This owner, all he does is take loans. All this owner does is take loans. And he has no money for backups, right? So to that end, we'll start with uh, 
Daniel Snyder. Right. Mr. Friends. So Daniel, has, has uh, I don't know, has Washington ever made the playoffs? Because he's the opposite. He has money. He just does not like spending money on the team. Uh, he has Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is the general manager and the coach. Right? He's yep. a general manager and the coach of the team because he does not want to yep. pay for both. He wants to pay for one guy. So Daniel Snyder is always, um, who knows what he does behind the scenes? Or he must be, let me know what you think about this thought, Scott. Sure. He must be doing a lot of things behind the scenes that we'll never know. Because so much is bleeding out to us that we do know. And we'll get into that. What do you think about that, Scott? Excuse me. I agree 100%. Ever since he took over that franchise, whether it be, i.e., the Redskins, the football team, commanders, there has been a lot of wrongdoings on his part from the emails, from the holding, withholding funds for, for games to other teams, whether it be the, I think it was the harassment charges that were brought against him. Right. So... You have to think there's more behind the scenes that have not leaked out that will probably leak out at some point. And I think if he ever got in front of Congress like Adele did, because he was away, he didn't have he, he got out of that, that I think those things would come out. I think you, you would find out more about him. So I, I think he's an owner that pays cheaply the players and staff makes them work five or six jobs in the organization and pockets the rest of the money for himself. So, you know, he's, he's not an owner that you as a player will go play for because you don't know if you could trust him in terms of your contract and your checks. So. All right. So Schneider, you know, like the course, Ricky true crime podcast. Yeah. A lot of people like, and we did well, we like going through the history, right? So he he drops out of college, drops out of college, almost like Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein, who will factor large into the story, which this will be more like a a regular true crime podcast. The checks are the podcast check marks. The betting podcast doesn't. We don't have a narrative necessarily. We necessarily don't have a a murder or some crime involved. Here we do. Here we have a narrative and a crime that's very clear as a crime, but again, getting to selective prosecution. Not every crime is adjudicated by uh, law enforcement. Law enforcement has a guest, you can call it a privilege. They have the, the legal uh, right now to choose which crimes they would like to uh, adjudicate. Yep. A perfect example is the guy who got shot 36 times, 60 times in Akron, Ohio. Most likely the cops are not going to get adjudicated. However, the guy who got shot, his family is going to have to pay the ticket for running the light. Because they're choosing to pick running the light versus the cops who shot him. 
made one compromise, get adjudicated with another. All the cops right. <laughs> just came in and started right. shooting. Right, you're gonna choose not to. And we're not making a value statement for or against it. We're just saying what it is. Because yeah. remember, in sports betting, what we wanna do is get as close to the truth as possible, right? In order to predict outcomes, as uh, Elon Musk told us to do when we're investing. Why am I gonna argue with Elon Musk? Remember, most of the drive-by fake news, NFL media, all they do is copy and paste PR reports, right? Here we get as close to the truth as possible with published reports from legitimate journalists in order to be educated on the wagers we place. So at 32 years old, suddenly, Schneider is the youngest CEO of a New York stock exchange company. So this is big, right? He he maxes out his credit cards for $35,000 and starts selling bus trips from Washington to Philadelphia for uh, Flyers games. That's how his business started. Suddenly he has $9 million in 1993. That's a lot of money fast, right? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, he, he's never been fined or anything from any of the things that have gone on. I don't remember. No, well, no. Well, he got fined uh, $10 million and like Bob Baffert told him not to uh, meddle in the team. Which, how are you going to police that? Unless you you ask to monitor your cell phone, which they haven't done. April 2009, Schneider Communications sold to the French advertising services group Havas, all stock transaction for $2 billion. Schneider's personal share estimated to be $300 million. Now, six degrees of separation, right? Here's three degrees of separation. In 1999, yes, $300 million, 1999, Schneider purchased the Washington Redskins from, along with Jack King Cook Stadium for 800 million. So he has 300 million. Suddenly he buys for 800 million. Yep. Must have gotten the loan for the rest yep. from Jack King Cook. Now, I was born in 1971. Before I was born, my mom was in downtown Los Angeles in English cash, English class because she just came from Cuba and wrote on a 50 pieces of paper, please let me clean your house. And she took a bus from downtown LA to Beverly Hills and went house to house. Some old white Canadian man opens the door of one of the mansions and says, oh man, this is this is awful. Let me get my marketing people to do a marketing campaign. And that's how my mom started her cleaning company in LA. And the old white Canadian guy was Jack Ken Cook, who at the time was the owner of the Lakers and the LA Kings. He's the one of the Canadian guy who brought hockey to Los Angeles. And it was the first marketing campaign for my family. The rest is history. My mom died with $11 million liquid assets in 2002. And that's where it started. Jack and Cook sold the team to Schneider. 
And I think that's a theme too of what's going on, understanding the NFL, understanding the corruption in the NFL. Is that it's a small group of people just going around in circles. Yeah. <laughs> it bleeds into everything else, including the presidency of the United States. We'll get to that as well. So through borrowed money, including 340000 from the... Now I know why he's in France all the time, right? He buys a French uh, marketing company and Socialete Guilalante is headquartered in Paris, France. It's a universal bank. So this bank, the shady bank in France, gives him <laughs> the money to buy Washington Redskins. So the team has a lot of debt, right? So again, we got an owner who does not have the cash to yep. buy the team. So he takes out loans. And that's why you see some of the shady withholding funds from other teams and games, doing some other stuff because he didn't have the cash to pay for it. And now maybe he's trying to pay back the loan that he got. Exactly. So that's, so that's, we'll get to the congressional investigation, but you make a great point about congressional investigation. They found out that he was, he's skimming, right? Yep. Like the movie Casino. People were skimming. Okay. Where the profits were skimmed from the casino to the Cleveland mob. Right. Lefty Rosenthal, the creator of the modern line. So in 2003, he sold 15% of the team to real estate developer Dwight Schrar for 200 million. There's in Dwight now on 200 million. And 15% to Robert Rothman from Florida. Jeffrey Epstein land. Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein has his finger on a lot of NFL yep. owners here. No doubt. Uh, I I I mean I I would bet money that Daniel Snyder and Jeffrey Epstein have met at least once. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Who's in those circles? Then he sold 5% to Frederick W. Smith, the founder of FedEx, and the benefactor, right? I'm USF, USF both, benefactor of the Memphis Tigers, who are in our conference, the AAC. Mm -hmm. So this team is totally leveraged. He owns so the deal's worth $800 million. So yep. all of this is $800 million. He has to pay interest on that. Denver Broncos sold for $4.3 million. So yep. this is very important. Let me know if you understand this. So it has to be, he owes probably, let's say, with interest, this and that, $1.2 billion. The team yep. is worth $435 million. The only way he can access the equity in that is by taking out a loan. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And he owns just enough of the commanders to make final decisions with right. all these groups. Right. He owns probably 56, 57% of the team. So he's, he's making just enough 
uh, he has just enough of a stake to make decisions, and that's why you see all these shady things. Plus, the stadium is named FedEx Field. So I wonder why. I wonder why. You say, well, University of Memphis. Oh, you're betting them late in the season draft, right? Because Fred Smith went to the University of Memphis and funds that program. Yep. That's how we make so much money. Because we do our research. We, we see things from a high level, how things overall are going to turn out. Yeah. And then you do your research on specific games, and you're way over 52.5%. Set. So, remember what I said? Revenue is BS. What's important is free cash flow. Yep. So when, during this congressional hearing, the first things, we'll go by the timeline. We'll go prosecutorial timeline starts 2009, where he, um, in the Bible, right? You got Samson and Delilah, right? You have King David. King David's downfall was Bathsheba. Right? He, took, he placed Bathsheba's husband in the front line so he could get killed so he could marry Bathsheba, right? So sex. Samson and Delilah was a sex thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. In the Bible, there's a lot of uh, people getting problems because of sex. Yep. Women. Excess, right? Same thing with uh, Snyder. He was sexually harassing and being inappropriate with the cheerleaders. Yep. And it spilled out because he was not paying the cheerleaders, right? He doesn't like to pay anything. He doesn't pay cheerleaders. Uh, It cuts into his profit, the money he has to pay opposing teams when they come into FedEx Field. So, in 2009, he gets investigated. They do all these things. He gets a $10 million fine. Mm-hmm. And, which, it seems to be part of the money he stole anyways. Yeah. Yep. But it doesn't end there, right? Because, you know, there's more losses, more lawyers getting involved. Carolyn Maloney has an important race against Adler. And she calls for a congressional investigation. During the congressional investigation, they find out that Schneider is not stealing from the other owners. He's not giving them the right cut of money when they come play the the Washington Redskins. Yep. Yep. So why, let me know, Scott, so why hasn't Roger Goodell kicked him out of the NFL for stealing from the other owners? For you know, sharing topless pictures of the cheerleaders, going out to an island outside of uh, like Jeffrey Epstein. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying the Schneider's connected to Jeffrey Epstein. What I'm saying is that Jeffrey Epstein took women to an island to commit crimes, and then Daniel Schneider took cheerleaders, which is even worse just random prostitutes and women or whatever. He took cheerleaders. He was employing to an island to uh, sexually abuse them for the money he's paid out. So Why hasn't Goodell so, kicked him out of the NFL? So before I get to the Goodell kicking out of the NFL, the thing with the cheerleaders is his thing is probably 
hey, you could come chair for us. It's a great platform for you. You could put on your resume, you're a Washington cheerleader. Right. And that will right. get you jobs and that will get you more money. So that's why he does that or he pays right. very cheaply. Right. In terms of the Goodell thing with kicking him out of the NFL is if you listen to the congressional hearings, Goodell said he can't kick him out of the NFL. They need the owners to do it. Right. And that's pure baloney because all he has to do is go to the owners and say, hey, we're going to get him out. We're going to we're going to remove him from power. He's the commissioner. He has the NFL owner's consent. He can do almost whatever he wants. So that was a so lot. I remember one of the impeachments, right? Uh, or one of uh, the congressional hearings for the impeachment. Yep. One of the smart congressmen said, hey, I'm going to get Daniel Goldman, which is my lawyer, to ask the question. Yep. Or get a business person to follow up. Because when Roger Goodell... He might not have legally lied, but from a guy's standpoint, he lied, right? When he, when he said he couldn't uh, kick anybody out of the NFL. Right, right. So the, the Daniel Goldman or a smart business guy would ask a quick, you have to do it fast, follow-up question to get him before he can react. Yeah. But isn't it true? Doesn't it say right? You got to have it right there. You got to say, doesn't it say right here? Article 43, 45, 44, that the commissioner can initiate the process. Yep. So yep. two-part question for you, Roger. Why aren't you complying with your own rules that you can initiate right. things? Right. Why aren't you complying with the rules? And right. why haven't you done it, for, uh, Mr. Goodell? And the, and That's the what you need to be asked. Said, yeah, and the other thing he said to, to Congress was he needs 24 out of 32 owners to kick him out. Right. Okay. Well, have you started the process? Let's, let's take vote. Exactly. Who's in the Exactly. <laughs> he, they have never taken, they haven't taken the vote to kick him out, I don't believe. Right, right. I don't remember there being any anything reported. So to me, he's basically saying, he's basically, he's basically saying to the, to the Congress, I'm the commissioner, but I have no powers. And, that, and that's wrong because he does. He has plenty of powers. He's fined owners. He's fined teams. He's taken draft picks away. He rules on appeals himself. Right. They don't go through an, in, when, when a arbiter. When the arbiter rules on the case, if there is a suspension and the player appeals, Goodell is the one that hears the appeal. He's, he's not going to change the ruling. And then Come some on. people, some people, yeah. Then some people will ask, okay, why is the NFL union so weak to allow this? Yeah. And the yeah. answer is very simple. Pete Rosell paid off Gene Upshaw, the original union. He just paid yep. him off so they could do whatever they want. And then yep. Paul Tagliabue taught Roger Goodell. And then DeMarie Smith, um, with apologies to Tommy Carter, who I went to high school with, was his second in command, <laughs> paid him off. And I know Tommy's a, Tom Carter's a good guy from Notre Dame. He wouldn't take payments from the NFL. So Roger can do, it, do what he wants. Wants to be the supreme ruler, which is right, wrong, right? What, what it should be, it should be a panel 
final decisions in the NFL should be a panel. Yes. Uh, Condoleezza Rice from the right, Bill Clinton, and uh, yeah. Yep. Now yep. Donald Trump decides not to run. Put Donald Trump and his people on the on the three three uh, judge NFL three judges appellate for final decision. Clinton, yeah, Trump, and Condoleezza Rice. Not right because, Trump. like I just said, the one thing you have to realize is when there is a suspension by an independent arbiter agreed by both sides, NFLPA and NFL, there's not an independent arbiter that hears the appeal. It's the man himself. And you don't, do you actually think anybody that's listening that Goodell's going to say, nope, I was wrong, suspension overturned, no suspension, he can go back to of course not. He's never going to say that. When never. there's a dispute or business problems or lawyers, financial yep. um, people involved, uh, forensic accountants that I've been involved in a, a few times with my clients, and I'm the quarterback. I'm the one that hires everybody. When our arbitration comes, right? It's happened 11 times, Scott. And I'm going to ask you this question at the end of this. Okay. It, this is straight from the field, man. Straight from, yep. you're in the office with the magic all right, 11 times this has happened. And I've demanded 11 times, right? That's why they pay me. I demanded 11 times that we are the ones that are paying for the arbiter. And what yep. is my and my client's record in arbitration, Scott, 11 times? We, we're the ones paying for the arbiter. 11 and zero. <laughs> exactly. 11 and zero. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you know what I'm saying? So we, when I, I hear arbiter of the NFL, I say, hey, this is my personal experience, my life. Hiring lawyers. These are lawyers who are now charging $1,200 an hour here in LA, Orange County. And reputable people, people made a lot of money, people who run churches, people who are ethical, right. people who give a lot of right. money to charities, whatever. It's 11 and up. Because the arbiter knows that he's not going to get hired again. If an arbiter rules against the NFL, that's the last. That's the last time that that arbiter is getting any business from anybody associated with Absolutely. the NFL. Absolutely, totally agree. And I've, one thing I've never understood in these negotiations is why the Players Association has always said Goodell can hear the appeal. It can be him. <laughs> Come on, really? He's yeah, because they all got paid off. It. He's never going to overturn it. Never. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, with the Daniel Snyder thing, he's, he lied to Congress. I agree with you. The, con the congressman should have just asked two quick follow-up questions. <laughs> and he would have got Goodell to lie, basically. <laughs> or, right or, just, or, or to plead the fifth or not to say anything. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. You were on mute. No, sorry. Microphone's working. I'm sorry. And Goodell goes yes. blank. So, Daniel – so, Roger Goodell – can go to Daniel Snyder and say, hey, listen, we're forcing you to sell the team. If Daniel Snyder says, no, that's not it, I'm appealing. Okay, he speaks for the owners, Roger Goodell, in case everybody doesn't know. He speaks for the owners. He's hired by the owners. He speaks right. for the owners. The owners are going to say to Daniel Snyder, you're out. You're out. This is what Roger said to you. Goodbye. You're out. Sell the team. We, we but don't want let me ask you this. Does then Schneider said, hey, I have these that I, I bought from Ghislaine for $5 million, Ghislaine Maxwell, 
gave me all the tests of Robert Kraft with underage girls and traffic. Yeah, exactly. If if the owners, I think some of these high powered owners, and, 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 and I'm going to publicize all of Jerry Jones's kids, what they're doing, where they're at, the payoffs that, that happen. We could go on down the list. We don't know what he knows yeah. as we exactly, pivot to St. Kroenke. Yeah, that is exactly one of the reasons why Daniel Snyder has not been forced out because I'm sure he has all the secrets on the quote unquote high powered like owners himself. and Goodell himself. So when you say high-powered owners, the owners you think about are Kraft, the Roonies, maybe the Maras, um, Jerry Jones. Those are the those are the owners that you always hear about when you talk about the NFL owners. Those owners there. Well, five teams are for sale. There's been some turnover. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you look at Ross down there in, uh, John in Miami. That's another Miami. one. Miami. Yeah. Johnson yep. owns the IRS money, right? Yep. So you got to look at teams that don't own the team hold and have it. They all have it in trust. Yes. And inside the trust, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, because being up here track it, it has to be business attractions in and out. You really, being up here, you really, you really don't know what's going on. So. You got Bidwells, who sold their racetracks to the Shrine family, which is a big part of the Horse Racing True Crime podcast. Mm-hmm. Art Rooney still owns racetracks. Yep. Family-owned team versus Kansas City, and Kansas City is owned by the Heinz Corporations. Heinz Catcher. Yep. Which um, the husband of the owner is John Kerry, who negotiates the Iran arms deal, nuclear deal with Democratic presidents. He did it for for Obama, ran for president. Yep. Uh, So, DiBartolo, your family, Mafia Connections. Now, remember, who was when Roger Goodell gave $100 million Throughout a ten-year period, to the Republican Party, who was the financier, accounting head of the accounting department for the Republican Party? Uh, Epstein, wasn't it? Close. Steve Wynn. Oh, geez, here we go. Who owns the Wynn Hotel? Okay, right. Yep. And okay. who was forty yep. percent of Penn National? Yeah. We go back to Mike Gill, and we go back to. The Northeastern Mafia Syndicate. So remember, cops place people at the scene of the crime. Okay? So, York Family, Mafia Connections, Steve Wynn, Republican Party, Roger Goodell gives $100 million to the Republican Party over a 15-year period. It's all public records, right? And I'm going to be better about this. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to update the last few Episode notes that people have links to it. So I'll give you a link where you can look up Roger Goodell's campaign contributions. And what I campaign contributions to me are telling because when something gets into the public sphere, it's overflow. What's yeah. going behind the scenes that you'll never find out about, right? right. That's how you find out right. if a situation is completely out of control with these rich folks. 
where right. it's filled in to the public domain. And we only we only navigate the public domain where you can have a link to. Sometimes there are links we've had that suddenly have disappeared after the podcast. Uh, you can message me because I'm paranoid that I print them out. People say, hey, I printed this out, man. All right. So Gruden gets involved in this because his email from 2009 joking around with the fellas. Uh, Alan, right? George Allen's dad. Alan, Bruce, Bruce Allen. Allen. Yep. Bruce yeah, Allen's Bruce still Allen. around, right? Is it any Buffalo Bills? Uh, Bruce yeah. Allen? He's not in the same role as he was with Washington, but he is like a, See what a Bruce right Allen is. Bruce Allen is a general manager of Tampa Bay. Uh, he used to get in fights with Gruden when I lived in Tampa Bay. Yeah. And that's why I was shocked. Oh, they're friends because they, in public, they used to fight each other. Right. Right. Left and right. Yeah, I, I think they were friends. And I think Gruden, I want to say Gruden got him out of there for somebody else. I think Jason Light came in and he's been there. No, what happened? No, Gruden was his own general manager. So, That's what right. happened in Tampa when I was there, and when you had, because the, the Glacier dad had made the Glacier's kids come over and their wives and all them come over to my restaurant to eat. Uh, I got certain things from the horse's mouth. So what happened there, I could do I could do actual reporting, direct evidence, things that people involved told me at the restaurant eating. Uh, and man, I, all I had was a 12-seater takeout. People, oh, that's a restaurant, it's a takeout. But I called it a restaurant and came in and ate. Yep. Uh, Gruden has expensive taste. Not in anything else. He's frugal in his life. But his expensive taste in football players. So he was his own general manager in Tampa Bay. And when he didn't make the playoffs, spending all his money on players, the Glazier family cut him loose and brought in Jason Light. And the Glazier family only started spending more money because they parlayed the equity they had in, on the Bucks to buy Manchester United. The Manchester United fans got on them for being cheap. Yep. And they changed their ownership style. And they I let a guy who knows what they're doing spend the money. And Jason Light. Jason Light knows what he's doing. Obviously, yeah. he's going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think, I think didn't Manchester United want the Glazer family to sell the team because they were, they were cheap or They're whatever? Cheap. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. So that, that's when they started spending with the Bucks, or they allowed yeah. Jason Light to open up the, the, the wallet. Yeah. yeah, checkbook. Um, judiciously. Not like a Yankee, but do it in a, in a good way. And that's why you see the team in Tampa you see now, because he's yeah. allowed to open the checkbook and sign whoever he wants, basically. Right. I don't know where Bruce Allen is now, but I think he's in Buffalo. I think he's like a vice president or something in Buffalo. Is it, I'll put that he in could the be a special, special assistant, a special advisor to the president or something of the team. Yeah, he's someplace. Right. He's somewhere. We'll, yeah. we'll find out where he is. Not Google doesn't tell you right away. Maybe he's hiding, too, a little bit, taking things off the internet because of what's going on here. Uh, so Goon writes these emails, and they're sending pictures – Top list of basically employees in the company, which you really don't want to see, right? Because they're employees, and you know, 
it's different when you see a woman at a club and she's dancing, you're having drinks, having a good time versus people who work in the office with you where it's a professional relationship. It's literally illegal, right? Especially here in California. It's illegal uh, to treat a woman like she's at the club when you're at work. So that's what these guys were doing. He gets fined. And within that, they find that he's stealing from the owners. And it's a case close type thing. It's a civil servant who works for a congressional office. They can't um, register as a Democrat or Republican. They have to just, their job as a civil servant to call balls and strikes. Yep. So he, they did their accounting and they saw, right? He's an expert witness. This, these people that work for congressional office, they're the best of the best. That person right. can be working for an accounting firm making a million dollars a year. But yep. no, they're a civil servant. But it's good, right? Because they're going to make 200 grand for the next 50 years until they decide to retire. Yep. So they don't have a dog in the hunt. Uh, other than maybe they're, they're, accusing, they're accusing the civil servant that works for the congressional office of being a Washington Commanders football fan. They want the accounting right, so they spend more money on players. <laughs> right? Hey, that's why last year, second half line, Washington Redskins, we won every Absolutely. game. Yep. Yep. So that is a mess. That's a mess. But the commanders are going to play games this season. Yeah. What are we going to do now? The training camps. Look at their depth. Where do they have quality depth? If they let's get you, you have these theories, but you have to confirm them. You have to do your due diligence and close the deal and confirm the theory. Okay. The theory is that Washington is going to have quality depth. Let's investigate that. Yeah. Don't don't ever bet just looking on the surface because there's more to it than that. So. Also, Washington should have been fined. As we'll pivot to Stan Kroenke. What do you think about this? Should have the Redskins been fined? Because during COVID, they lied about COVID outbreaks to forfeit games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goodell called their bluff last year. And they, they said, oh, we have a game. We have no defensive line. And after uh, Goodell called their bluff, suddenly they had... 10 defensive linemen available for the game. Yeah. They, um, so this is another Daniel Snyder thing. He, he's in his fraud, right? The, the whole, yeah. the whole Absolutely. injury sheet you guys had for fantasy football, all that was fraud. fraud. They were committing fraud against you guys. They were telling and you a they, lie, and then you act upon the lie. That's right. So before the COVID outbreak happened, the NFL went to, they used to be um, probable, questionable, doubtful out. So yeah. what the NFL did with the injury report, and it goes for betting too, doesn't just go for fantasy, right. is they, they basically said the guy is either questionable or out. It's no in-between. So a guy like, remember Tom Brady was on the injury report for, for uh, every week he was with the Patriots, basically. Right. He, was right. always, he was always probable with the shoulder right. injury. Well, nowadays, you can't be probable. You, you have no. to be questionable. So when you're betting, if you're betting early, you're looking at a guy and saying, oh, wait a minute, Brady's questionable. He might not play this week. He's going to play, obviously, but that doubt always seeps in. 
So right. what, that's what the NFL now has done is seep it in and owners and GMs are trying to skirt the injury report. And that goes with the COVID thing with, with Daniel Snyder trying to skirt the injury report saying, Hey, listen, we got 10 guys on COVID. We're not going to be able to feel the team. We can't play. Goodell well, says it should be a rule that if, they're out, if, if he's labeled somebody out, they're out for that week. Exactly. Now, exactly. somebody's out, next thing you know, you see them running sprint. They did it in basketball with Andrew yep. Wiggins. Yep. They need to focus on the NBA Finals. Because that I kind of yep. tuned out after that. Because that was like, they're flat out lying. They were saying Andrew Wiggins was hurt. Blah, blah, blah. And next thing I know... He's dunking on five people, flying over the backwards, backwards, and dunking with his left hand. I'm like, oh, 25, 25 how, how points. How somebody who just hurt was just out for this game suddenly yep. be able to make a play like that? Yeah. So, so when you lying, yeah. So it's not as prevalent anymore because it's kind of it. It's sort of well. The Washington Redskins did it last year. They said we had yes. the whole defensive line out, out, O U T. And then miraculously on Saturday, they have 10 guys ready to play. Remember what Goodell did with the Denver Broncos a couple of years ago? You have to play. They had no quarterbacks. So right. they had to bring somebody up. And and they and they had to play. They, they lost the game. They looked awful, but they had to play. So because right. they, they, they just crying wolf too many times. Yeah. They were trying because yes. they were cheap teams. Now we know them, right? Okay, we know you're a cheap team. What are you trying to do? You're trying to get your 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 tired team because you're on this cheap. An extra bye week. Exactly. Exactly. So, so to me, Goodell did a good thing in that case where he just said to Snyder, hey, listen, I'm calling you bluff. You're lying. Put those guys back on the on the field. And Snyder had to do it, basically. Yeah. So Snyder has been embroiled in controversies throughout his whole ownership. And the best thing that Goodell could do right now is say they go to him and say, Daniel Snyder, you sell, sell the team right now. Because and we, I'm going to point to this podcast during the NFL season when I say Redskins are a team you bet early and you bet against them late because yes. they have to win early games because yep. they don't have the depth to carry things through to the end of the season. And 100%. we just told you why. 100%. What's going on down the street from the beginning? From the beginning, Daniel Snyder did not have the money. To, to buy the team. He never should have been sold the team to begin with. I don't think so. I don't right? Think so. It's probably a story behind that that I don't want to know either. Yeah. So we go to St. Kroenke. St. Kroenke is very important to all sports. Uh, now, between uh, himself and his brother-in-law, mm-hmm. they own all the sports teams in Denver. So I used to always bet against late the Nuggets and the Avalanche because they always lost in the playoffs. So a lot on the podcast. And that's why I thought the, the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl because he, he's always been cheap. But yep. uh, Sam Farmer, then I, you know, I know, has to listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast, probably told him that beat right early times. Probably asked him that question. And I know he did ask him that question because I read it. And he's turned the leaf and spending money on the team. So, touching all the bases of the podcast, we start a narrative. This is a very important narrative because it, it, it kind of 
uh, at the end of the day, it reveals their character. We, we don't care about it. It's not a religious podcast. Yeah. But we know the truth a little bit. We get close to the truth. Mm -hmm. Be able to predict outcomes. Right? Yeah. So, Stan Kroenke was born July 29th. Birthday's coming up. 1947. 74 years old. In Columbia, Missouri, right, which is important. He married in 1974. I was three years old. Ann Walton, the heiress to the Walmart stores. And in 1983, he founded the Cronkin Group that does develops real estate, shopping centers, in apartment buildings. Yep. So what happens? Uh, they buy a shopping center, and it's owned by Walmart. The Walmart, right, then Cronky buys apartment buildings and then puts the stores around that shopping center. It's anchored by Walmart. Right? He made all this money that in I'll ask you a loaded question, right? And let's see what year it was. 1999, he founded the Cronky Sports Entertainment Group that owns Ball Arena in Denver, home of the Nuggets Avalanche, right? He also owns those teams outright. Yep. In 19, April 13th, 1995, Stan Cronky helps Georgia Frontieri move the L.A. Rams to um, play right here in Anaheim. They live like two minutes away from Anaheim. To, last, yep. to St. Louis by purchasing 30% of the team. In 2010, he exercised his first right of refusal to purchase the Rams from Georgia Frontieri. So going back to our last podcast when we talked about uh, organized crime and the line, the organized crime with you know owners and racetracks. Uh, Carol Rosenblum married Georgia Frontieri. Yeah. Georgia Frontieri was dating uh, known mobsters, including John Shaw, who's president of the Rams, who went to jail. Uh, Mickey Cohen is involved in a lot. When I say Jack King Cook, Mickey Cohen is also involved in this. Look up Mickey Cohen. Mickey Cohen uh, was the, the mafia is broken up into 24 territories. And Mickey Cohen had the Southern California territory. Right? And good follower and friend, La Costa Don from the La Costa Resorts, La Costa Don Benson. Uh, I haven't talked to him about his connection. I probably will at Rams camp. But the La Costa Resort and Spa was owned by Mickey Cohen and the Mafia. Don't know if they own it now. I'll ask Don <laughs> when I see him. We, we, we correspond a lot on Twitter, La Costa Don. So, Carol Rosenblum dies uh, mysteriously. He was murdered in Florida. 
They keep coming back to Florida. Florida and the mobsters. So they sell the team to Kroenke. Now, here's the first maybe fraudulent crime they'll ask Scott about. Should there be a sanction by Roger Goodell again and the owners to Stan Kroenke for saying in 2010 that under he that he was born in Columbia, Missouri, right? He's a Missouri guy through and through, Huckleberry Finn through and through. He says, I'm Huckleberry Finn. I'm Missouri. And myself, under no circumstances, am I ever moving the team out of San Luis? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't I think there should have been at the time, but I think he did Goodell a huge favor by moving to LA. I don't I know if he did, did I don't know if he did or not. And I'll, I'll explain why. Because this is what fraud has been explained to me, right? When we go into the arbitration, when we get these million-dollar settlements for my clients, lawyers have explained to me fraud in California, every state's different, as lying is not a crime. It's not. Lying under oath is. But lying anywhere under oath, right, is not a crime. So when he said, when he said, under no circumstances, are we going to move the Rams from San Luis, whatever, yep. right? Yep. yep. What makes it fraud is acting upon the lie, and really number three, losing money. So, so right. you lie, you know, somebody lied to me, I believed the lie, and then I lost ten thousand dollars. Then yeah. I can sue for ten thousand dollars for the fraud. So people bought yeah. season tickets, people bought houses based on his lie. They acted absolutely, on. absolutely. So no now, saying because this is what happened, and this is why that congressional hearing. I should have done this podcast before, but this congressional hearing, right? They yeah. should have been more prepared because absolutely, because no the problem was in it now. Every owner has had to pay. San Luis wins a settlement for close to a billion dollars. And they use that fraudulent statement in the lawsuit. Yeah. Yep. But because the owners did not follow their own rules yeah. in approving the move, yep. they didn't do it. So remember, don't commit two crimes at the same time. Right. That's why I said Goodell has to show up at that hearing because he already committed the crime that lost them a billion dollars. The, the thing with the NFL is they were so desperate to get back in the Los Angeles market. Right. They were willing to cut corners and do anything they could to get a team back there again. And Goodell did not want to expand. He did not want to send an expansion team to LA. He wanted to send a team that was already in place that was looking to, to move. Why not the Chargers? He thought, yeah, well, he based, thought. Based was on the right. last podcast we did, we talked, we said, we said, before I give the answer, right, I'll ask you the question. Why not the Chargers? Why not the Chargers? Right. The Chargers, did the Chargers agree to move to L.A. before or after the Rams? It before. had to be after. Before. Be- before. Okay. Yeah, they, they did a Before. fake election here. 
So that's that's why that's why I went on the radio because they had a fake election where they were saying, okay, whatever they decide, it has to be sixty percent. If sixty yeah. percent of the people want them to stay in San Diego, there was no way they were going to get that sixty percent. Right, right, too many right. liberals, tree huggers. Right. Oh, we need that money for the homeless. We why are we so, going to spend on an NFL team? So it was all set. Plus, there's too much money involved. The reason they did not pick the Chargers is because the Chargers are owned by the Greek mafia, and there's no money in that trust. Absolutely, absolutely. Where they knew Kroenke has enough money, where he they could. Move him, or and he, he had the he cash from the Walton family. As they could put down, he's he's worth thirty billion dollars. So he, the family, right. she is, he isn't. He he's the, broke on that level. He's really like Schneider, if you think about it, because he has to take loans, he has to do this and that. Yep. He has to buy a rundown apartment building next to the Walmart. He can't charge too much rent because these are Walmart people. So he's yeah, goodbye. And, and the thing with Cronky, if you if you remember, okay, I joked about it for the Super Bowl podcast we did with, with you and Jim and myself and Chad, I believe, was on that too. Right. He had to take out extra money after they went through what was planned. So we had to take right. out millions and millions of dollars. And the second thing. Billions, if you remember B, correctly, with a that B, stadium is not air conditioned. Yes, and that stadium is not air conditioned. And that, I was brought that, in. Okay, full disclosure, right? Because I know somebody listening to here I'll call Fenra, I'll call the SEC, and say, "Hey, hey, whoa, time out." Josh is not disclosing this. So I'll give full journalism, full disclosure. I was hired by Turner Construction. Okay. Construction, the only. Stadium, so right? far, no. so far, for minority construction that this was the first job, and they got a windfall. It turned out that it had to be uh, minority owned, right? Mm-hmm. And my job is to set up business plans to follow up with them. So after the construction is done, their work is done. They know how to bid and get other jobs and don't go broke and don't become homeless and don't become like the lottery winners where they spend all the money. So there you have friends and I make friends. And I'm at the point in time, right, where I don't have to ask for information. People voluntarily inform and listen to the podcast. I said, oh, I heard this on the podcast. You said this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this is what's going on. So... The initial was five billion. Now he's up to like eight billion in overruns. There's always construction overruns. You saw it with the hotel where the mafia intentionally overran the Steve Wynn Hotel. And we knew they were gonna yeah. do it. And Steve Wynn laughed, he laughed in the face of the Boston Globe. He he um, um you know he did all these things, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh and he laughed. I, I saw the Boston Globe article. We just laughed at people. Right? Yep, I remember that. I remember that. And the mafia does it on purpose. Yeah. Here, half the people did it on purpose, half didn't. Uh, you know, and it wasn't my job. You know, like people who were saying, oh man, where am I going to get another job like this? Let me extend this. 
and people that weren't involved with me or people involved with somebody else, I saw them uh, differently, right? But I saw the people do it. You know, they just robbed them blind, right? Yeah. So yeah. he paid more. Some people would say karma for the people of San Luis. But he paid more. He paid $3 billion more than he originally thought. All right? Okay? Yep. So, uh, he's paying money for players for the team. But that lie, he said, has cost the owners a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, I remember. My, in my opinion, I think he should be kicked out. And what does that mean for the future of the team? They already won their Super Bowl. Are they going to spend the big bucks as we move on? Or are the Rams slowly, uh, but surely, uh, make the playoffs maybe, but aren't, aren't going to pay for road games in the playoffs? And you'll yeah. see them bow gracefully as we move along. What do you think, Scott? I I agree. I, I think this, this all this problem with the stadium and that, I think he's he's made his big money splashes that organization with with their quarterback. They just signed Cooper Cup to a huge cut. They just signed right. these guys that they want to be there long term to huge contracts, not mega deals, but huge contracts. So I think that's going to be the end of his spending. I think. So I think you're going to basically see if they do not get the number one seed in the playoffs. That I agree with you. They're going to bow out gracefully in in a spot where. The next game may be on the road, and he can't, and they can't afford to pay the road, you know, the road fare. So, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could see that big time that they're gonna. They're gonna or he'll tell me, hey, hey, you need to tank this game because yeah. I'm not playing for, I'm not paying for you guys to go on the road. See, the, the, thing with this Super, money. the thing with this Super Bowl run last year, where was the Super Bowl? Was in the home stadium. Yeah, right. so you didn't have to pay. You only traveled one time to Tampa Bay, and that was it. Yep, yep. So, so to me, if he gets like a number three seed next year and has to go on the road for two games, I can see them winning that home game and then bowing out in the in the first road game that they play because exactly. of the money situation. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. And we put our money where our mouth is. So yeah. we'll close with Robert Kraft. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As we close with a corruption in the NFL, why you pay $300 for the NFL Sunday ticket, where they really should give it to you for 50 bucks. Come on. Yes. There's as much money involved. There's all this yes. going on if you look at it. Right? You know how, I have the subscription for Sunday ticket, and I can tell you there are millions of people that have that subscription. I can oh, tell yeah. you flat off. All I do, so, you know, I, I pay the, you know, I pay for the red zone. Yep. 10 bucks a butt, that's right. And I pay the hundred dollars to listen on the radio. Yeah, because they have the red zone, I have two local games on. Yep. But I get to listen to whatever game I want on the radio. So basically, exactly. Basically, exactly. I have like five games exactly. on at the same time. Yep. Uh the craft group, right? <laughs> Diversified holding company with assets in paper and packaging, sports and entertainment. So they cleaned a lot of things up here. From the original story of when yeah. he owned a track, track trucking company. Who knows what the real story is? 
So the cover story originally back in the day was that he owned a trucking company. Yeah, he, he used did. to go to the stadium with his son. Yep. And of course, who runs a trucking company? I don't know. But we watched the Jimmy Hoffa movie. He's like, oh, we own, uh, we own everything. We own, uh, we're the truckers. We own trucking in the United States. And you don't, you don't eat without us, right? Yep. You don't eat without yep. us. Yep. Right. So he owned a trucking company. Uh, his portfolio now is $8.3 billion. He educated, he, he was, uh, he graduated from Columbia University. That's why he sent the team, the Columbia football team, the plane so they could travel. They were having problems. Yep. Um, originally married to Maya Hyatt. Married in 63. She died in 2011. Yep. Yep. She died when the news about Epstein came out. Yep. I was like, Epstein in my house. <laughs> Poor lady. She was she was a big philanthropic person. She she was a big into charities and she was a big into um, donating money to uh, charities that needed it or people that needed it. That's where crafts basic gift giving, you know, I'll, I'll let you use my plane. That's where it came from. It came from his, right. his wife that passed. So. Mm. So. Uh, he gives him, well, long story short, what we have evidence of is Robert Kraft engaging. And I saw these two documentaries on Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, who she wasn't really the girlfriend. She was involved. She was the madam who got young, recruited young women for Jeffrey Epstein and had parties where craft was involved. And what they did was uh, have cameras. So they have cameras of, of craft, you know, having sex with underage girls. And then craft gets caught you know, after Trump throws Epstein out of Mar Largo, Kraft still goes to Mar Largo to party, hang out with Trump and play golf and whatever they do. But he was caught in a massage parlor, maybe 10 minutes away from Mar Largo, um, getting happy ending massages, which is part of yep. the story. Yep. Uh, with underage girls, they're trafficked. So this is human trafficking. Uh, there's extortion involved. And then in, uh, last year, the year before, uh, there's the Apollo Group, which they're shading amongst themselves. But it's sort of a hedge fund, and they do arms dealing as well, the Apollo Group. What did Jeffrey Epstein do? Arms dealing. Why? Two-part question. Now that we know this about crafts, right? Underage girls, right? Pedophilia. Yeah. Human trafficking, involved in human trafficking. We said, well, Josh, he's not paying for human trafficking. He's not running the whole scheme. He's contributing money to it, right? When you're at these places. Uh, why hasn't he kicked out of the NFL? You wouldn't let him in your house. I wouldn't let him in my house. No, no, <laughs> no. Right? Well, no, why is he even in the NFL? Right. And, you know, why, why hasn't Roger Goodell uh, kicked him out? 
Well, as we know, Goodell. And and how do we tie that into Deshaun Watson? We'll end up with Deshaun Watson. So, if you remember the massage thing, if you remember it, the Super Bowl they played against the Rams. It was the morning of the Super Bowl that he was there, and then started a plane to the game. So that's number one. Number two is is I think he is in Goodell's circle, so to speak, of people he can trust. If you remember early on in Goodell's commissionership, Robert Kraft went to bat for him time and time again with decisions, with, um, you know, how much he makes, TV contracts, the strike. He helped settle the, the, the first time they got into a labor dispute with the NFL players. So Kraft was in that circle. So I think that's why Goodell has not kicked him out because he still considers Kraft in his circle of trust with owners. And that's Jerry Jones. That's Robert Kraft. That's the Roonies. That's the Maras. So that's all at Woody Johnson. So that's all that group. So I think that's why Kraft has survived all this going on. But I, I, think, I think the jury's still out. I think, I think we need more information because yeah, Goodell giving all the money to the Republican Party and right. the financier of the Republican Party and the guy taking the money is Steve Wynn. Which exactly. really, if a yep. player did that, any association with a known uh, sports betting, whatever, you're out. God. And Goodbye. Steve Wynn owns, owns a chain of casinos. He owns parts of sports, whatever. He owns it, right? Yep. Uh, Portnoy is an employee of Steve Wynn yep. and the Northeast Syndicate Mafia, right? So, so, so I'll give you two names in terms of that. Achlista, Calvin Ridley. Right. What happened to them? Archlista betting. Right. Calvin Ridley betting. Band, but even if you associate, right? Because you can go back to um, the, yeah. the the Notre Dame guys in the 60s. They were associating. He's associating with Steve Wynn. Yes. Yeah. He's associating with people that are not good for the NFL. Well, they're not, involved in sports betting and gambling. And yes. Yeah, but the NFL has become so big in betting now that Goodell looks the other way with that because so who says, knows? Oh. So who knows? Because remember, you, you place people at the scene of the crime. That's that's where yes. the cops. Yeah, we can place Roger Goodell in the middle of this whole Epstein keeper because no just it, the Apollo Group, arms dealers, all kinds of shady stuff. They kicked Kraft out because they didn't want pedophiles, right? Yeah. I asked my wife the other day, seventeen years psychotherapist. You think Epstein faked his death? He's like, no, people don't no. like pedophiles. No, nope. get killed because of pedophile. So yes, uh, I'll put a link right to the Sean, the Sean Watts. And and if, if you remember, Goodell is guilty of lying too, time and time again. Because what was he saying ten years ago? We're not putting an NFL franchise in Las Vegas. We're not doing it. It opens a Pandora's box to betting. It, right. There's no way a team's gonna end up in Las Vegas. What and happened? Talk, Where did the Raiders go? Money to see, see, that's why they wouldn't like. Remember Rachel Nichols? She asked a question. She was banned. Yes. I, yep. Yep. I would. I would do this once, and I would be banned. Mm-hmm. I would be banned from Roger Goodell because I'm like, then why are you associating with Steve Wynn then? The owner of the one of, of yep. one of the biggest. All right. Yeah. I, I. This is Goodell. Goodell 
out of any of these these people we've talked about is the biggest liar of them all because everything yeah. that comes out of his mouth is completely lying. <laughs> right. That, to, right. As far as I'm concerned. Right. right. Concerned. Uh, okay. So Watson requested a massage via Instagram. The Reverend trying to the, the planes was the only massage a therapy student. The massage was arranged at the Texas Stadium. It was 35 minutes from Marble, Texas. Tried to get her to sign a non-disclosure agreement. So they're reading off, and I'll put a link to this, a complaint. Plain thought it was odd Watson would want another massage so soon, but Watson explained that he was an athlete and it was normal for him to get several massages a day. The massages started the same way. He got completely naked, laid on yep. his stomach in a small towel, covering his buttocks, and then that same small towel covering his penis. I would give him a massage and he would ejaculate and then ask me for sex. Now, yep. two things. <laughs> Two more questions. Is that appropriate behavior for a professional to act with another professional providing you with service? No. No, not right? in the least. Not in the least. Not and the why least. isn't he kicked out of the NFL? Why didn't he what? Why isn't he not kicked out of the NFL? This is Kraft. I think That's it goes back thing. to Robert Kraft. I, it goes back to what happened with Robert Kraft. And I think... As we talked about pre-show, I think what is going to happen or what could possibly happen is this arbiter is going to say to the NFL, you do not have enough. I am not suspending him. And he's not going to get suspended. And in that case, as we all know, if there's no suspension levied, the NFL cannot appeal it. So he will be on the field in 2022. The more and more the days... Go by, it's gonna, it's gonna, it might happen. So, and to finish, that's why this is a great podcast and we bring things full circle because yeah. the owner of the Cleveland Clowns, I can't keep calling that, yeah. is borrowing money, got himself in trouble. And who was yep. his lawyer? Rusty Harden, the same lawyer for Sean Watson. And that should be investigated. Why did Hanslem give him $48 million? Exactly. Did Hanslem have information of the owner didn't I have? Here we go. The owner's being cheated again by a guy who doesn't have enough money to pay for the team to have loans. Right? You right. give him $48 million. You nobody gives somebody else $48 million unless they have real certain information, certain things can happen. So so and what I think let me know your answer. We'll give you Winston Churchill. We'll close for this. So what I think that $48 million basically did was Haslam said to Watson, here's $48 million, you go pay off those cases. So we're done and over with, and you'll be able to play quarterback. They have the same year. lawyer. They have yes. the same lawyer, Rusty Harden. Yes. Yeah, Rusty Harden is a, is a smart man who gets his clients um, gets off. His clients off. off he, he got of all these charges for some other crimes he was. And he's doing it again with, with, uh, with Watson, so so that's a lot of NFL owners committing crimes. Yeah, this was great. I mean, this this was informative. This helps you with your betting. This is exactly great. that's the point because we have to make money off it. You can't yes, just have idle time just gossiping about NFL owners. No, and you learn about life. You learn about the boss at your company, the yep. owner at your company. Yep. What goes on in the world? Exactly. Right. Exactly. No, you're surrounded. So everything's for free. 
and what was close, Winston Churchill, the same Zelensky, is the Winston Churchill of our time. The real Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life for what you give. Thanks for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network.